Assalamu alaikum and welcome to Sukoon, a Muslim wellness podcast by Nasimko. My name is Farhana Kasamali and I will be your host through this journey we take together towards holistic wellness within an Islamic framework. Over the course of the next year, we will be speaking to 12 community leaders, experts, and mental health and wellness professionals who will enrich us with their healing words, stories, and personal journeys on the path to wellness. Who has created death and life that he may test you which of you is best indeed? And he is the almighty, the oft forgiving. Surah Mulk, ayah number two. Join me every month as we begin these essential conversations to promote our community's well-being and healing and to begin to unravel the ways in which we as a community can heal individually, internally, and also collectively in unity. Please note, this episode contains themes of domestic violence, suicide, depression, and other potentially triggering discussions. If you or someone you know is in crisis or in need of support, please look to our show notes for resources. Our guest this month is Hussein Sharara. He is a licensed practitioner in CBT. In his practice, he deals with topics including marriage, mental health, drug, and substance abuse. Brother Hussein is a renowned Islamic speaker and teacher and co-founder of Wise Academy with two schools in Dearborn, Michigan and Orlando, Florida, both of which are private and college prep schools. Brother Hussein also hosts Camp Taha, the only Muslim-owned summer camp in North America. I personally started watching Brother Hussein's talks on YouTube during the start of the pandemic. There was an abundance of choices in what to listen to, but something about the way he spoke was extremely captivating to me. He had so much energy at a time when we were all feeling exhausted. He spoke about our mental health when we were all cooped up indoors. Even through a screen, he came across as if he was talking just to me. After that, I found his book club meetings, which happen on Wednesday evenings live in Michigan, but it's also available on Zoom. He's gone through books such as Atomic Habits by James Clear, an all-time favorite of mine, and weaved in faith and spirituality so seamlessly that its profound impact on people cannot be understated. Welcome, Brother Hussein, and thank you so much for being here. Assalamualaikum, sister. Thank you for having me. So I wanted to start by asking how you got into this field. Like when you were studying, when you were in high school, did you kind of want to go into this wellness topic or were there other fields that you were interested in studying or did someone kind of encourage you to go here? Well, actually, I started in IT. So my degree, college degree is in IT and business management. But then I got a practitioner license in CBT therapy because we, when my life took a churn, I realized that nothing outside of me was fulfilling me. So there's an adage that people thought that you need money to feel abundant. You need success to feel worthy. You need love to feel, uh, you need a relationship to feel love. So as much as I tried to go and get those things, I realized that I was always in lack. So it was within one discussion uh, during Muharram that somebody suggested that I go that I realized and the person said, you don't look from outside. It's a whole within you. Yeah. And why would you look for something that you already have? And if you're in lack, you're always going to look. But if you're whole, um, there's nothing to look for. When I realized that, I said, oh. So then when I did the work and I did my studies, especially from the Islamic foundation of building that first, 
I realized I needed to pay it forward. So we started a youth group and we had about seven students that started back in 2007. And it was from the camps that we ran and parents said, you should do more. We started youth groups and people, parents would come in and ask me for advice. Right. I would give them advice, but I would be shooting from the hip. Yeah. And I realized that over the years that I need to go and get training and more knowledge. And ever since then, since 2007, I've done the work where it's every day I've listened to at least one to two hours of either a podcast, an Islamic lecture, a book every day. I've never missed. And that's the vow I took to Allah. And Allah has allowed me to be in front of people from all walks of life with all sorts of problems. And it's an opportunity that I've had to be able to pay forward. And to me, it's the biggest blessing in life is when somebody comes to you and says, look, you've changed my life or you've changed my child's life. Compare that to driving a Lamborghini or going to the Bahamas or taking a cruise or buying a Rolex watch. You can't even compare the two. So that's the direction of my life took. And when you speak about that lack, I think a lot of us feel that emptiness. Like I know I go through sometimes my days and I'm like, what am I even doing? Like in my career, like I know I have a good career. Alhamdulillah, I'm able to provide for my daughter. And that in itself is fulfilling in its own way. But there are many times when I think a lot of us are like, what am I, what am I doing? I do taxes for a living or, you know, I have friends who are like pharmacists and they're like, I'm just working for the pharmacy people. But mm. at the same time, we're providing for our parents and we're providing for our children. Is there a kind of a way to have both the Lamborghini and not have a lack, not feel that something so to speak, missing in our lives? As long as the ego is in check. So if mm -hmm. the ego is what needs to be annihilated, and the only way to truly annihilate the ego, and I've and I've studied mystics, I've studied gurus, I've studied monks, nobody has it like the Prophet and Ahlubayt. So that's why you follow the Sharia first and foremost. And if you want to know, is the Lamborghini affecting you, if anything affecting you, just ask, how was your last prayer? Did it feel, when you got up, yeah. Did you feel a little bit different? And if you yeah. didn't, then actually that prayer could actually work against you because you feel like you're doing it as a check mark. Right. Just establish yourself as a Muslim where the prophet said that prayer has very little value. So if you could focus fo first and foremost on your prayers and say, okay, I yeah. got up and I prayed and I was excited to pray. Well, why? Because yeah. God says, call on me and I'll answer you. But a lot of people have, and most majority of Muslims you know, from the statistics I've read, don't pray. And they don't wake up excited to pray. And if I tell people, look, when you pray, God answers you. And here's yeah. the belief. Well, there's a belief that everybody says, yes, we believe in that. But it's much different when you have an experience. You could believe in a lion all that you want. You could close yeah. your eyes. Well, if a lion is standing right next to you, you're going to behave much differently. I would run. <laughs> <laughs> well, Allah to us is that. Allah is something that we believe in. We don't feel, we don't see, we don't touch yeah. from the spiritual sense, obviously not from the physical. So right. when that experience isn't there, then you're going to look something for the physical world to go after. Yeah. And say, oh, that's more real to me. I think that that the wakil is sometimes that it seems so easy because I feel like, you know, I'm like, well, I pray and I fast. Therefore, I should have this 
amazing amount of tawakal and not feel anxious about anything in life. And I shouldn't feel a lack for anything in life. I should complete my day, whether it's, you know, whatever job I have, and just at the end of the day, be so content. And then when I'm feeling not content, when I'm doing this questioning of like, what, what is this? Why am I even going to this job? What is this all about? Exactly. So that's where like a, a, a pain body or some traumatic thing from our past comes about when somebody puts pressure on us and then we respond with negativity. Well, how do you, do you know you're going to reach different dimensions in your life where Allah will expose different realities? Well, you first starts with prayer. So let's say your prayer is weak and you don't feel much. Well, as soon as somebody triggers you, you're going to go in a state of lack or state of survival. Those. So the way yeah, I do yeah. it is I've never lost a suicide case. And I always tell people, give me 40 days. 40 days, we're going to do things from the heart. And you teach them meditation techniques. You give them certain duas and so on. And then this one individual said, you know what? I wanted to commit suicide. I said, why? He says, well, I'm in lack. COVID hit. He's overweight. And mm-hmm. so that's something you could control, you know, your weight. Because like 80% of the people who died, from COVID were overweight. So it's something you could control. But anyways, he's telling me he's overweight. He's not happy with his body. He's not happy with that he just lost his job during COVID. He's not happy that he's moved here from one state to Michigan, living alone. So he's not happy. So what is happiness? Happiness is meeting an expectation or exceeding it. So he was unhappy because he didn't meet it. He wasn't happy with his weight, his relationships, and his career. Usually people have one. People become suicidal when you have more than three or four. So how do you achieve happiness is there's one aspect. But what most people do when they don't achieve an expectation is they blame. It's because of this person. It's because of my husband. because of my childhood. So they play a victim. So if you take an infinite amount of possibilities as a victim, let's say a lion is chasing you, you're going to put your attention towards the worst. And that's good because the lion will bite your arm off if you try to pet it. I think that's pretty fair to assume the worst when a lion is chasing exactly. you. And now replace the lion for your ex or for okay. your parents who neglected you. Okay. Now you're looking in the future through the lens of the past. And now everybody and everything is a potential threat. What I do is I say, can you suspend that belief? And let's change some of your thoughts. Because yeah. the program, which is the body, is overtaking the mind. So you need to reprogram yeah. that. Well, how do you do that? Well, you have to change your beliefs. Well, how do you do that? Well, within the present moment, can you speak to Allah and say, Allah, can you show me some new reality as long as I become grateful for that reality and I let go and forgive the people of my past? So then you recite the dua, certain duas that you give individuals. And then I say, don't move until you feel like you're working for the state. It doesn't take long. You close your eyes. So Sister Fahana, um, if I tell you, you just woke up and you had a nightmare, how does your body feel? Nervous, anxious. But it wasn't real. But the body doesn't know that. So there's a thing called mental rehearsal with an emotion. That's what a nightmare is. That's what a great dream is. But you do it eyes open. That's what true prayer is. The imams say pray as if when you open the door, it's already there. That's the trust and tawakkal you have to have. Most people pray from the state of want. I want this. I want that. But if you're saying you want it, then you're telling the body you don't have it. Guess what? You're going to say the same thing a year from now. Right. You need to pray. Allah says, if you're grateful, I will give you more. Pray as if you already have it. 
Pray okay. as if you have it and say, I'm grateful for this. And I'll give you the example. So the guy didn't have to move until he felt grateful that God gave him another job of working for the state before it manifested itself. So he'd have to close his eyes and say, God, thank you for this job. And you would imagine himself doing it. Then you tell him, show a sign. Everything is a sign of Allah. Ayat. Every right. ayah of the Quran is a sign. Right. right. The book behind you, the shelf, everything you're doing is a sign of Allah. There's nothing yeah. separate from Allah. So he calls me about four days later and he says, Brother Hussein, I don't get it. All I'm seeing is Cadillac. It's all I dream about. Cadillacs. I don't want a Cadillac. Yeah. Is that Allah showing you a sign? Because when it's over and over again, it's like, especially let's say, because there's special downloads Allah says that you could get in the middle of the night. That's why if Allah wakes you up at the same time every night, get up. Sit down because it's in the whole <laughs> We will right. give you wisdom. So anyways, he calls me and says, I don't want a Cadillac. I want a job. And he goes a couple more days. He calls the unemployment office because didn't, he didn't get his money. He filed unemployment. He waits four hours on the phone. Gets redirected to a supervisor. The supervisor says, I like you. Says, oh. Says, I'm going to take care of the 4000 I'm going to give you a job working for the state. Wow. So now he goes and he says, oh, my God, it worked. He says, I still don't understand what Cadillac is. A few days later, they're saying you're going to work from home. He goes to downtown Detroit to pick up his laptop. And he picks it up from the Cadillac building. <laughs> Takes so a picture smiling. He sends me a text. You won't believe what happened. And I get those texts probably once a week from all different types of scopes. I've even had doctors call me and say, what did you do to this person? Their thyroid was here. Now it's yeah. here. And they had twins with babies. What did you do? So you just ask. Yeah. But can he ever go back to the person that he was after that experience? No. No. That's So that's all I would tell you and everybody else listening is you're one experience away from unregulating yourself to a new destiny. And it so has I, to go from a belief to an experience. So I totally get if you are grateful, I will give you more. So you're grateful for what you have. You try and see the glass half full. But when you are thanking. Not trying. Love, Remember. Like, I am grateful i am yes. seeing the glass half full yeah. i yes. am doing yes. it. you are okay. it. i am the glass all these are attributes of allah you're already it allah you are in allah's image which is his attributes but can you see how if i thank allah for a blessing i haven't received yet seems right. bear with me but not delusional but a little like what if i thank him for a job that i want but it just it never happens. Won't whatever, I? Whatever your soul wants, okay. not your ego. So you could pray. Let's say you're blind, and the scholars say, and you keep praying to see. If your yeah. soul knows that it's going to not get get you closer to Allah, right? Then you're okay. not going to see. So that the caveat is, if it be, brings me closer to you, let's say you ask for something and you don't okay. get, it, you suffer. Or let's yeah. say you got something and you lose something. Somebody takes your money. You know, do you suffer? Well, let's say you're writing a book and it, millions of people see it. They all lives change, but you're not the author. Somebody stole it. Do you oh. suffer? Yeah, I mean. Well, it depends. Islamically, if, you, if your notion was and your intention was. My ego would suffer. Yes, but so that's the point. <laughs> if you did it so that if you would annihilate the ego, you wouldn't care because your intention was to do it for Allah. 
How do you get to that stage where nothing outside of you impacts you at that level? Because do you go and get your justice? Yes. But suffering is when you put it, the attention on yourself. That's what suffering is. Pain is one thing. Suffering. So what happens is so many people go through pain. They go, they, the people I've dealt with who have been raped, molested, people who are orphans, and they've gone through this pain, right? But what is suffering? Suffering is where you keep the attention on yourself. So after that person abused you, you yeah. now wake up to that abuse because you keep remembering it. Now you're choosing to suffer. So I always tell people, you know, there's one sister, I just, you know, I've been dealing with the family and I've been big on hijab recently. So we've had mm -hmm. about four or five testimonials recently of sisters who put on hijab. Then there's this group of, you know, sisters who came in and the oldest sister put on hijab and they have no parents, neither side, both one passed away. The other is really not in the picture. I was like, why would you put on hijab? You asked God to show me a sign. And during the meditation, Sayyidah Zainab came to me, you know, a holy person, a holy figure, and put the hijab on my head. So oh, I realized that's after that. <laughs> See, that's an experience. See, that's okay. the lion. Physically, you feel them. Most people, because of our upbringing, they see Islam as just that image that we could put in our head. It's not real. When that person manifested through the Kabbalah, because everything's a manifestation of Allah, that pure existence. Yeah, that was an experience. So you got to take your beliefs and turn them into an experience. Otherwise, it would just be a belief without much. Yeah. Yeah, that's a lot. I, I teach people all the time, you know, if they come with bad habits, with marriages, you know, I've, I've never lost a suicide case. I've helped straight oh. E students become straight A. I say, who do you want to be? And what habits and what things do you have to change where you don't make the same choices as yesterday to say, hey, and yeah. anybody who's done the work every time at 100% rate has changed. But sometimes I'll sit with somebody, I'll look at them. I said, are you high? I said, yeah. I said, why would you come to me? <laughs> said, How do you know? Nobody can know I'm high. I said, I've been doing this for 15 years. Come back yeah. to me when, when you're ready to spend 40 days without touching, you know, edibles and, and, and weed. So, but it's not bad. I said, oh, let's have that discussion. And, and that's what I, I like. I have psychiatrist friends that I refer people to, really good counselors, nutritionists, yeah. a hypnotherapist. I'm big on, I love hypnotherapy because that's a quick way to reprogram your subconscious beliefs that were given from your childhood. And everything, everything is almost trauma related, even disease. You know, if you look at a lot of diseases, it's something that people held on to that eventually attacked their immune system. I've, yeah. I've studied a lot. So you touched on the drug and substance abuse. I think there are a lot of people in our community that don't realize that it is prevalent. In your opinion, do you think this is, I don't know whether you would call it a crisis or do you think it's more prevalent than people realize? Because I know it's I myself a, live in a, a bubble crisis. world. It's is a it? pandemic. Oh it's gosh. The alarms, the depression levels, anxiety. Number one killer of teenagers, suicide. Why? Why? You know, I just drove, we just took, we took a bunch of our wise students to um, skiing up north. Yeah. And as I'm yeah. driving up there, every two to three miles, there was a place for a marijuana. There a was place a place to stop. To stop. Come and okay. get marijuana. So this whole country now, where it's become legal, just like alcohol and just like other things. And people are saying, but, but it's okay. I said, we don't get our morals from this country. 
this country tells you it's okay to drink after a certain age and do other things. I said, if you study the science, forget, I mean, don't forget, but Islamically, it's 100% forbidden, unless it's for medical usage. Because I know people with chronic pain yes. that all other medicines don't work. Marijuana works like a child, but it has a side effect. So the biggest side effect to marijuana is the brain. It decreases blood flow to the brain and you become so stupid, you don't even yeah. realize how stupid you are. And that's been proven. You know, it's the second most toxic thing to the brain. First is schizophrenia, then it's marijuana. More than alcohol, crack, anything else. And it's been proven. If you study Dr. Daniel Amen, he's one of the top psychiatrists in the country. Yeah. He's done over 100,000 brain scans. And he's helped many uh, NFL players from brain injury. He's uh -huh. telling people, Alcohol is bad for brain. Even a little bit of wine every day is bad for the brain. And marijuana is horrible for the brain. And then ultra processed foods, really bad for you. Well, so any type of marijuana, unless it's for chronic, where you have chronic pain, man, I would really, really, right. avoid. especially while you're in, when the, when a 22 year old comes to me and says, but what's wrong? I said, okay, let's say we're going into business, but let's say you're driving and we're both okay. driving on the highway and it's 70 miles an hour. I'm yes. not on drugs. You are. How are you driving? He says, oh, I'm, I'm really worried. What if I get pulled over? What if something yeah. happens? So do you notice you lack certainty? So come to a business table with me. I'm going to yeah. smoke you all day. Yeah. Pun intended. <laughs> side um, yeah. Well, I think I, I don't realize, and I think a lot of communities don't realize that this is very prevalent. I think I live in like my little bubble world. I don't know what's happening. You know, I'm busy with my own stuff. But do you think this is a huge issue with the 20s, the teens, boys, girls, so everyone? So it becomes an addiction uh, yeah. over 90% when you start as a teenager. Okay. And I'm, I'm going to say a stat in, within Dearborn, Michigan, which is the highest mm -hmm. populated of, of Muslims outside of the Middle East, that majority, meaning 51%, do some type of marijuana, either an edible or something else. That's scary. That's 51%. And most, many high schoolers will experiment it with one day. So there's the, the marijuana, the drug usage, there's the haram usage of what they're watching on the phone. The, these two things people are not talking about and right. it needs to be spoken about because it's something that I'm dealing with my office where people are very confused, thinking okay. that that was their source to help their pain. And it's making things a lot worse. Yeah. While feeling anxious or depressed, they turn to one method, which they think will help them, but really it's just taking them down kind of a rabbit hole. It's an excuse. Okay. It's like somebody who loses their father. Yeah. And they decide to go to other relationships because they want to fill a void and they attract toxic people, but they use that as an excuse. Well, you're playing victim. Usually people who end up as addicts, they have some trauma that yeah. they want to suit themselves. But all they're doing is playing victim. You are not a victim. So a lot of people wake up to that victim. So they don't like themselves. So now they have to suit themselves. Drugs, alcohol, gambling, extreme sports, or just abusing other people. So the yeah. first thing I teach people is say, you need to forgive these people. Ask God to give you your justice but you're no longer going to be a victim. I think it's a lot to forgive someone though, for some, whether it's abuse, 
that's physical, whether it's emotional abuse, a horrible, horrible marriage, and someone you feel, and I know what you're going to say, has ruined my life. They've ruined my life. I know that is putting the ownership on them rather than taking control of my own life. But isn't it difficult? And I'm not saying... The foundation of Tawheed, and that's a separate discussion, the oneness of God has to come in. But the first thing you'd have to realize, whatever you were looking for from that individual, they yeah. didn't have to give you. So hurt people hurt people. And people do things from two states, either yeah. from love or they're in pain. Okay. So why would you allow that person who did hurt, molest you, rape you, abuse you in your marriage? Why? Okay, that's now you're holding on resentment. There's a notion that if you hold on to it, that that person will suffer. <laughs> Yeah, I'm the only one suffering if I hold on to it. Right, but all that does is you suffer. Yeah. That person did it once, but you're allowing them to redo it every time you think about it. So so we think forgiveness, let's go of justice. No, leave the justice to God if you can't go and get it, but your justice will come. But you can forgive them in the sense that you're no longer energetically bonded to them. That when you think of them, you feel compassion because they couldn't give you something they didn't have. You feel so much compassion the way the prophet did. Yeah. People would hurt and abuse the prophet. The prophet would go pray for them because there's no suffering to the prophet. I think compassion is still a stretch. I think forgiveness and cutting the cord and letting go. You know, they say, let go or be dragged. If you, the prophet said, if you're able to see in their heart what's happening to them after they've yeah. abused you, molested Mm -hmm. you raped you and you see the hell that they just created for themselves yeah feel a little bit (laughs) like really well i'm in pain wow good luck to you again we don't believe that yeah and since we don't believe in it we feel like we have to go and get our right Allah says leave them to me see that person who's being raped right now somebody's being raped nobody's gonna see God's justice is saying, well, I'm going to give you a chance to become a hero to go save that person. But eventually that person's going to die. So if nobody sees it, I see it. And now that individual may suffer forever. So leave it to Allah. But uh, people say, then why do you allow all these things to happen that are bad? God says, so I give you a little moment of time, a blink of an eye, the prophet says, for you to go in and step up for something bigger of yourself to go and help these individuals. And the people who have done the most work in the world are the people who are in the worst place in their life that hurt and they learned how to make their worst day their best day. The prophet, nobody suffered more than the prophet from the people. But he flipped them on their head. Where now you you cannot go a moment where you don't hear the prophet's name through the adhan. There's even, look at the, 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 there's a person who, uh, uh, he offer, was offered uh, Thanksgiving dinner because no, he didn't have Thanksgiving dinner. So a stranger came, opened the door for them, knocked on the door, said, here's some dinner. His father came in and says, we don't accept charity. So he put his foot between the door. He says, don't allow your ego to allow your kids to starve. Yeah. Eventually, his father left the house. They were dead broke. But he realized one thing, strangers care. So he said, if that stranger cared, he didn't even know who we are, and God probably sent him, then what's to leave me to not allow to care for other people? And now because of that, he's on pace to feed over a billion people. His name is Tony Robbins. 
To oh. me, I'm, wow. Yeah. That's pretty cool. But that no really better cool. examples than the prophets and imams. Look, Yusuf was thrown in the well. There's no suffering. As soon as he thrown in the well, he smiled. Imagine when God allows you to be thrown in the well and you have bad days. Can you smile? You know, I don't know if I should share this, but my wife lost 20, $2,800. She was at Costco and she lost it. Because oh, wow. it was raining and she dropped her purse and somehow she left. It. I don't know what she did. This was like a couple of days ago. So she calls me freaking out. I was yeah. like, okay. She goes, I said, are you done? She says, yeah. I said, it's not your money. So what if you would have kept that money and get hit by a bus? I said, go yeah. get your wife. Call, call Costco. But you, so you're not allowed to be an optimist, a pessimist. You don't know the future. So she's yelling at me. I need you to yell at me. I said, I yeah. can't yell at you. I didn't give you the money. My boss didn't give me that money. Yeah. God gave it to me. So if God gave it to me and God takes it away through circumstances, then God will yeah. give you more. We yeah. don't believe in that. We think it's ours. We don't own anything. See, that, that's where we lack Tawheed growing up. Yeah. We have to understand that nothing is separate from Allah. Nothing. I, I don't think a lot of us are, are pessimists, although I've definitely been accused of that. I think that we just sometimes are very realistic. I mean, we look at what goes on around the world. Let's say the earthquake. We see that's what's happening. And sometimes we say, you know, the Syrian people have already suffered so much. Why would this happen? Like, I think that's a natural reaction that some of us are having right now. Like, why is there this suffering going on? We don't know how to kind of grapple with it and make sense. So suffering is when you point your attention on yourself. Remember, okay. every, every trial is going to come through you. And you yeah. cannot grow being comfortable. If you stay in your bed all day, you're not going to grow. You have to be uncomfortable. And God doesn't discriminate. God, God takes young kids, old people, yeah. middle age. God, Because Allah says, the believers say, when Musiba hits, when trials hit, we came from God, we're going back. It's all transient. Yeah. When do you suffer is that transient thing you get attached to. The okay. house, the husband, mm. the job. And as soon as somebody says you're no longer working here, some people commit suicide because they yeah. were so attached. When the husband dies, yeah, can't take it. Sometimes the women want to commit suicide. Why? Because we're attached. That's where the foundation of Tawheed yeah. is weak. And it's an opportunity for you to strengthen it through that. So all these trials, you have to look at and say, okay, how do I grow from that? And if you don't take that as an opportunity, then you're going to take a perception of that world view yeah. and it's going to affect you. So I'll give you a quick study. They took two groups of people. Mm -hmm. and they went to a park. Okay. And in this park, they told one group, hold my coffee. Because they dropped their phone and they had them hold warm coffee, hot coffee. And then the other group, they had them hold ice cold water. They would act like they were dropping their phone. Hey, can you hold this for a second? They would hold the cold water. Okay. okay. They would come back 20 minutes later. Another group of people would come to them and say, can you read this script? Okay. So both groups read the same script. Okay. Then they asked them, what did you think of the of the uh, of the main uh, actor? So the group, one group said it was very cold. And the other group said he was a very warm attitude. 
Same script. The people who held the warm coffee, hot coffee, 90% yeah. says he was very warm. The other group said, no, he's very cold. And if you would have told any of them because of their coffee that they were holding, what, what they would have all said, no, that oh, had nothing. It had nothing to do with it. Your perceptions are because of your past trauma that has everything to do with it. That's why you have to tackle that first and not allow thinking everything else has to change before I change. That's the victim mode. <laughs> you change, change okay. your perceptions, yeah. and then your life changes. They, I, they've done it with crossword puzzles. Negative words, yeah. positive words. Yeah. Then they told them, go to the next station. Look at the importance of praying from the heart where you feel different when you get up. Here's the reason why. Positive words, negative words. So the ones with the positive words, they say, go to the next station. Okay. So, okay, now there's a person waiting with a clipboard. So they wanted to know, test their patience. How long would they wait before we interrupt them? The okay. people with the negative words, an average, two minutes. The people with the positive crossword puzzles would go to the next station seven minutes wait a second wow but if you would have asked any of them that the crossword puzzle had anything to do with their patients what would they yeah. have all said no no so how much you think that your past has to do with your future people think it doesn't wow does it do? there that's the reason why we have to go to the sharia go to your prayers go to the reason why you're wearing hijab the reason why you're fasting and say, how does this infiltrate my heart so I'm no longer a victim of my past? So I look in the future without looking at it through the lens of the past. Ah, that's the key. A lot of people become a victim because they don't know how to change that perception. I think some of us are just kind of losing hope in sometimes the du'a. I'm really not trying to push back, but I'm also knowing the conversations I've had with my friends. And some of us sometimes lose hope. And this sounds really small compared to like the earthquake um, yeah. that I just spoke about but some a lot of us who aren't married we go to events I went to an event last weekend and it's like men without a ring on my finger like I bet they look at me like this or they look at me like this and I immediately knew I was like Prana you gotta like get over this you gotta yeah. move on like your worth does not come from that but I know a lot of my single friends kind of feel this way and I know you handle a lot of relationship items but as important as it is to get married I I wish that I wouldn't feel that lack. So I, I, I just got a 45-year-old woman. Yeah. Uh, married. So, so don't confuse with what I'm saying with positive thinking. Okay. Positive thinking changes nobody. You could be, see, I'm best friends with uh, NBA players. His name is Mahmoud Abdurraouf. He just yes. came out with a documentary. Stand. Called Stand. Yeah, Everybody it's great. Yes. You would tell me he woke up at four o'clock in the morning, five o'clock in the morning. And to go play basketball, even at third grade. So then yeah. the students at Wise would come and say, Bet, I'm going to do it. I said, Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm positive about it. Yeah. Be good. So the mind says at five o'clock in the morning when the alarm goes off, MBA. But what does the body say? Sleep. Go back to sleep. You're going to make it. So you notice positive thinking. If the body works at 80 million bits per second, it does like the way you're sitting, the way you, you're right. sitting, the way you blink your eyes, the way your nose, the way you you you, uh, you crunch your lips, the way you move your fingers. You don't have yeah. to think it moves. Yeah. Everything's moving so fast. It's all through a subconscious program. Your sub your your conscious mind works at 70 bits per second. 
So if your body is on and it's negative and you're consciously trying to change it while it's on, that ain't happening. <laughs> okay. So then you have to say, okay, then what do I do? And I say, okay, if you can't think greater than the way you feel, you'll always be limited. So that person, I said, this is what you do. Okay. Write three characteristics you want in a person. So Islamically, we teach wisdom, positive character, gratefulness, and compassion. Okay? So, okay. Oh, would you want this? Oh, I'd love this. Yeah. I said, okay. How much are you this? Because you attract who you are, not what you want. So can you go 40 days where every day in the morning you start your body and you tell Allah, this is who I'm going to be today. Then at night you ask, how did I go? Where did I fall from grace? See, now you have to now question yourself. And a lot of people don't like to do that. When they've asked, would you like to do that? They said, no, we'd rather be electric shocked than sitting with myself. They've done studies on that. Really? This is the frame because we all want to allow our thoughts to be above our consciousness. And we don't feel we want to be numb. We'll binge watch. We'll watch TV. We'll, we'll, we'll do whatever. I just don't want to be conscious anymore. Because to put a match in a dark place, you get scared what you look for. So when that person take does the work and is willing to look, and they stop looking outside of them. You know, if you lo- lost your keys in your house. Yeah. Right? And yeah. the lights went out. Yeah. And then you go outside looking for your keys. Because there's a light post on. And your neighbor comes and says, what did you lose? I said, oh, I lost my keys. I said, okay. And he helps you look under the light pulse. And then he asks you, yeah. where did you lose them? You say, oh, I lost them inside. I said, why did you, well, why did you look at inside? He said, because there's no light in there. <laughs> that's what most that's people do. Yeah. That's what most people do. And they really, really think they're going to find it. And then just like you say, but the du'as are not working, but this isn't working. It's because of your perceptions. You're looking outside of you. And you're waiting for something outside of you to change before you do. Don't do that. Otherwise, okay. when you do lose your keys, and let's yeah. say you lose them for a week, two weeks, will you keep okay. looking for them? Um, a month? After a week or two? No, I just get new keys. That's most people's souls. Oh. So then Allah says, I'm going to give you a wake-up call in order oh. for you to wake up. It could be the earthquake. It could be something traumatic. It could be you ending up in prison. It could be something. You lose a loved one. There's something for you to wake up your consciousness saying, oh, wait, there's a lot more to life than this job that I just got fired from. Because yeah. every setback in life, let it be an earthquake, an abuse, anything, is just a setup for something bigger if you allow it. But when there's a setback, the yeah. brain takes a snapshot and it sticks there. And it doesn't allow you to upregulate yourself to get through it. And then you become a victim. The superheroes are the ones that come and free those people. That's why we love watching movies on Imam Hussein. He freed us. He saved Tawheed. We love what, imagine you're going to watch Batman. And Batman is going to the movies too. He goes to the 7-Eleven store. He goes to Walmart. And then the movie's over. It's terrible. Say, what an absurd <laughs> movie. So where's the bad guy? Oh, so you do need negativity. You need the, the, the option of avoiding evil. Oh, if you notice, most people are trying to live the former life where there is no negativity. 
But look in a movie where there isn't uh, something bigger than themselves to overcome. You would say it's an absurd movie. So how yeah. about your own movie? How absurd of that? Who do you think you are thinking you're not going to have negativity? Are you? Are we that arrogant? Thinking we're not going to have trials in life to overcome? You really want to avoid it? You would never want that in your movies. Right. So yeah. imagine that movie and you feel proud after. Say, wow. Like, I love that series, What Would You Do? Where the people come yeah. in and so on. Then I always ask the students, did it make you feel good? And they'll clap yeah. after. They'd be so happy. I said, yeah. Well, that's a day of judgment. And the angels will either say, bravo. Uh -huh. Why? <laughs> and you can't say, oh, because my friends were like this. Yeah. No, even he will leave you. Right? Yeah. So I always tell people, you really want to change. Figure out something that you really want to do that's greater than yourselves. Ask Allah and get out of the way. I always teach kids, you want to be a doctor? Say, I want to do it for Allah. And find a okay. reason really why you want to be a doctor. You want to be a teacher? If it's for yourself, it's because you want the summers off. If it's for Allah, it's because you really want to make an impact. And how do you take a, a snapshot of where you are with Allah? Yeah. The quickest way is through your prayers. But the second one is, how were you today? When you opened up the door for somebody. Yeah. They didn't say thank you. Did you get annoyed when somebody cut you I can't off? I can't believe they didn't say thank you. Like and My sister called me that I let her have it because she's telling me about her same issues with her husband. Oh, yeah. my mom. Like, did, did you go, did your pain come out when their pain came out? Or did you stay elevated? Everybody thinks they're enlightened. Enlightenment is when somebody's having a bad day. It doesn't yeah. allow you to have a bad day. And you try to make them feel better. That's enlightenment. That's amazing. Yeah. That I think would be my prayer for myself for the next 40 days. Like you said, to write text, it down. Text people. Text people. Yeah. Every day. Say, I'm grateful. Just start texting people. And really be sincere about it. You know, yeah. you did this three days ago. And I really, yeah. really appreciate it. Oh, I've been thinking of you. And so on. See, I'm, I'm so, there was a, and I'll share this really quick. So in Harvard and Stanford, neuroscientists found out through conscious effort, yeah. just by looking over the pH level of water, you could change it within seconds. Even the electromagnetic field around DNA, just putting your hands over it, it changes. What? If, you go, if you go into the Gaia series, Thoughts Made Visible, you will see uh -huh. it. This okay. is neuroscientists in Stanford and Harvard. This is not, we're talking about science. Okay. So the, the Imam say, the prophet says, when you think of somebody, good or bad, they will think of you. So I did a mental rehearsal in my mind, thinking of my wife. So I texted my wife, what were you thinking of? She says, oh, I was thinking of you. So I was thinking, you know, when I share this in my speech, uh -huh. nobody would believe me. There was a girl working at this coffee shop. And I saw her arguing with her mom. And I said, God, she's far from you, God. Make her see you. So a couple of days go by while I'm doing this study and I'm studying the pH level changing through consciousness. I told her, can you go in the back room? Suspend your beliefs, I told her first. Just sure. So go in the back room and think of a, your friend. Okay. That okay. So she texted her friend. She says, hey, what were you thinking of? She goes, that's so weird. I was just thinking of you. So I told her, <laughs> okay, go in the back room, mentally rehearse that your friend is eating a fruit. Pick any fruit. She said, okay. So she texted her friend a few minutes later, because right when you feel it, you know, just like, you know, when you're scared, when the yeah. line is next to you, you're going to know. Right. So 
she texted her friend and she says, hey, if you could eat any fruit right now, what would you eat? Because the, the, the girl was thinking strawberries. Okay. So she texted her friend and she says, oh, what fruit would you eat if any fruit? She says, yeah. well, I'm in class right now. And it's funny you say that because I'm eating strawberries right now. So she oh, wow. face went red. I said, you notice, if you think of your friend that way, what would happen if you started thinking of your mom in that way? So then I, I was speaking this way during our discussion, and then I, I showed him a meditation practice. So it was about 200 people in the room, and I had him meditate over thinking about somebody. Yeah. The one guy says, what is this hocus pocus? Because wherever you place your attention is where you place your energy. Yep. That's where the prophet came in to teach us, to free us from the shackles of this world. God yeah. says, I answer all your prayers from the soul. Yeah. So he looked at the person next to him and said, I'm going to think about this guy drinking coffee. He was like the biggest skeptic in the room. So after the 20 minutes of the meditation, he put the guy's shoulder and said, hey, what were you thinking of? He says, man, all I could keep thinking about was coffee. <laughs> He's like, oh my God, this is phenomenal. Yeah. Here was the one that really got it. We, the one girl said, I'm going to think about my friend who I haven't spoken to in six months. So while she was doing the meditation, yeah. her phone, she left on ring. Guess who called her? Her friend. Right. And she yelled. She was like, oh my God. Are you serious? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we actually have a videotape. So it was during the meditation. And yeah. During the program. Look, we, we, we do healings. Like I'm big on certain yeah. duas. And we just did a healing for a sister who needed to be almost carried in. And she, she didn't, couldn't speak. She was just in a lot of stress. After we did the healing, we cited dua mashlul. And I get people to become brain and heart coherent. Because you could recite dua kamal, recite the Quran all you want. But if your heart isn't in on it, and it's someplace else, it has no effect. So after, in which we've done, you know, we, I'd say we, after these prayers that we do is about 30 to 40% significant change. But this one in particular, we have nine, eight to nine people that circle them. And after the dua, they just sit there and they ask for a sign. We had five people around her share the same exact vision. Wow. So explain how that works. And they were all crying. Now, these are people who wear full hijab, who've gone to ziyarat, who've gone to hijab, who are really strong believers. And they were all crying. So how does that work? The reason it works is we're, there's no separation between us. We're yeah. all connected to Allah. It's this yeah. illusion in this in this base world called dunya, thinking mm -hmm. So you think you need to go somewhere or work really hard to get something. Allah says, ask me, work for it, but watch how it comes. We believe it in the next life. If you think of something, it appears. Yeah. We really don't believe. And we believe other people could do it, like the mystics and the prophets. Yeah. But we don't believe we can do it. So we get stuck in this physical world of cause and effect. Yeah. I really like that concrete example that you brought up about journaling kind of like in the morning, like who you want to be right. and journaling in the evening, because I think it's both very raw and very difficult. But right. I think that consistent action over 40 days as we prepare for Ramadan coming up, I feel like this is the perfect time to do it. Right. And um, I've never seen somebody who does it and not change. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. when you write it down in your journaling, yeah. you say, oh, I'm still the same person. Yeah. I'm still react like that. That woman came to me or the husband who came to me, my wife, I'm losing her. I cheated on her. What do I do? So, okay, here's a script. 
So the first day he would have to buy her roses. He'd buy 11 roses. Then he would hand it to her. She said, why is there only 11? He said, because yeah. you're the 12th rose. Oh, very sweet. Then you'd have to act, he'd have to act on it. He said, okay, no. I'm going to shoot my 12th rose. The next day he would buy her shoes. So I have a whole script. Okay. But if they follow it, yeah. but then they have to apply the action. She says, why'd you buy me shoes? Is because your feet must be tired because you've been running through my mind all day. Very cute. Okay, so <laughs> they do that. And then they realized, and they're telling their body because the ego says, you know, I had yeah. this one Russian guy that went to a retreat and I didn't want to go because he asked me to go with him for sushi at night. Yeah. And we had a 4 a.m. meditation. I didn't want to go. Something whispered in my ear, I better go. Yeah. So I went. It's like, why am I here? I'm telling about the camp. I'm telling about the counseling. It's like, God, why am I here? Like, why am I? He's a Muslim brother, really nice. But I'm like, why am I sitting? I, I can't do table talk. Yeah. So I said, you know what, Allah, I'm going to talk about you. So for some reason, I talk about how people have road rage. Mm-hmm. And they bang in their own cars. Oh, yeah. And then he looked at me and says, hey, were you talking about me? He says, I don't know, was I? He says, yeah, I have rage. I said, oh, you're harsh to your wife, aren't you? He says, yeah, how did you know? And your kids probably run away from you. He says, yeah, how do you know? So take out your phone. Tell your wife that you're so thankful for her patience that she hasn't left you. It took him about 15 minutes. Big guy, he's about 6'4". 15 minutes to try to send that text. I said, watch. You take a step towards God, you change. Watch what yeah. happens to your business. Everything changes. It's all connected. Yeah. I see him three months later. Gives me this big bear hug at the next retreat. Says my whole life changed. My business tripled. My wife runs to me. My kids run to me. All because I changed. It's because this is the way my father treated my mother. And I thought this was okay. Yeah, that's beautiful. And we have hundreds of those types of stories and testimonials that we have to share that when you change through Allah and you you decide to do something a little bit different to get closer to Allah, step one is through the Sharia. I'm going to dress a little bit better. I'm going to stop using foul language. I'm not going to backbite today. Then you could invoke Allah's names through his attributes. And then that's all that you need. Yeah. And I, I just love that concept of just not reacting to others, you know, because it's most of the time it's like, oh, my God, I am so annoyed because this person kept bothering me about this. Right. That could easily change that reaction. And for Hanaf, people get so annoyed when I tell them <laughs> people can't make you angry. Yeah. Like what? So when you squeeze an orange, what do you, what do you get? Oranges. Oranges. So when somebody squeezes Farhana and triggers her, what do they get? Well, that's then who you are. Yeah. That's your pain body. So that's a choice. You say, well, well, but they they did it. They took it. Yeah. They deserve it. I said, okay, let's think about it. Person slaps you. Yes. I, said, oh, I get mad. I get angry. Oh, really? Well, what if a mentally ill person snapped you? Who is your mom? I mean. I wouldn't get angry. Ah, so same thing, the slap, different reactions. So then where's anger? In me. So why did you need an excuse not to get angry? My ego? Ah, there's a guy who wrote the seven highly effective habits. Stephen Covey. He said one thing changed his life. He was on the bus. There was kids running around the bus. And he went to go yell at the guy, why are you allowing your kids? Because he waited like five minutes to run around the bus. They're annoying everybody. Yeah. And he said, well, sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Their mom just died. 
and his heart dropped. Oh, I'm an idiot. Why did I need him to give me that excuse to show patience? And that is what the prophet taught us. And that's what the Quran teaches us. But what do we do? Like the examples you were giving earlier, we're all looking for excuses to yeah. stay who you are. And God says, then die in those excuses. But as soon as you die, you're going to regret. That's why it's yeah. called regret. If you would have just changed, that's why the most buried treasure are in graveyards. Not in the oil mines, not in the diamond mines. It's in graveyards. The angels would say, you should have lived this age. You should have married this person. You should have cured this disease. You should have helped this nonprofit. You should have created this orphanage. Yeah. Why didn't you? You allowed yourself to be a victim. We have so much potential, I think, just after just talking to you. And I think sometimes we just stand in our own ways. So we're just we tripping ourselves up sometimes. Nothing else could trip you. Because yeah. Allah says, when I'm with you, who's going to hurt you? Who can be against you? That's why it's simple. It's a, it's a famous hadith. The prophet said that God said. So who's speaking now? God. Right. That if you put what God wants over your low desires, he will send angels to help you. Weird doors will open up. Forget the Cadillac story. Really amazing. Picture. Yeah. But if you put your own desires over what God wants, everything that God is going to give you, nothing will fulfill you. Yeah. We don't believe. That, oh, wait, I'm going to wake up in the morning and I believe in it because of my experience. I'm going to wake up for Fajr excited because I don't need anything else. Yeah. The reason why we don't believe in it is because we were taught, well, you should pray and you should wear hijab because you don't want to go to hell and heaven. It has nothing to do with it. That's a secondary. Yeah. Yeah. That's this great paradise on earth. Follow yeah. my way. And I think we often want God to forgive us. We're always so worried like, Oh my God, is God going to forgive me for this sin? But we're not very quick to forgive others sometimes, you know? We're very quick to, like, we're very good at holding on my, myself team. first. Oh, yeah. Myself if you, first. If you steal something, oh, you come up with an excuse. If you somebody say, oh, you say, how dare he? Yeah. What person is he? Why for don't you sure. give your, but you notice how you give yourself excuses? Why don't you give that individual excuses? Look, <laughs> I deal with prostitutes in my community. Okay. The first thing I have them do is read the Quran. God says, when you do tawbah, he forgives you for all your sins. Yeah. So forgiveness is nothing for Allah. It's easy. Question is, after you've been, for, you know, you cry one tear, you give birth, you do give help an oppressed person, all your yeah. sins are forgiven. But the question is, after you've done that, now what? Are you going to keep sinning? So I always tell people, look, don't lose hope. One of the worst yeah. things that you could do. Losing hope in Allah. Is have despair. That's why suicide I just scare people. I said, well, your, your, your mom is going to suffer in the grave because it's going to be a problem. Not only you. You know, and, and now the likelihood of, the, of your future generations to commit suicide goes up by 2,000%. How selfish do you want to be that you yeah. feel that everything around you is too big for you to handle? And that you no longer want to live with myself. Who's the I? I no longer want to live with myself. Who's the I and who's the myself? Yeah. So... When and then I just show them the mercy of God, and then I've never lost a suicide case. And I always pray to God, just bring me people. Inshallah. Yeah. So, inshallah, I never do. Inshallah. Last question for you. Um, I know you deal with a lot of people with relationship issues, and the divorce rate is rising. I believe it is as high in the Shia community as it is in the Western community. 
what do you attribute this to? Like, do you have any thoughts? Whole, do you a whole softball marriage, question? Yeah, the whole marriage thing is an issue. Is. The way it gets taken advantage of. Um, 50 to 60% divorce rate, but out of the other 40%, how many of them are, are also happy? Right. So that's where you first make sure you know what loving yourself truly means. And that love isn't work and nobody's responsible to make you happy. You make sure you learn how to make yourself happy and they're responsible for their own happiness. And then making sure that you're coming together to do a greater cause to get closer to Allah. Anything else, eventually, because you don't only marry that person, you marry their ego, their pain body. Mm -hmm. When you see it, and it comes out when you leave the coffee out or something. Yeah, like, yeah. Who's that creature? And if your pain body comes out because he doesn't know, then boom. And then that's why we have such a high divorce rate. So what saves eight to nine, 10 of marriages? Premarital counseling. Okay. Ah, these are the things to look for. And if you have our scholars, I, I wish every scholar who marries individuals just does two to three sessions of premarital counseling. Yeah. Teaches them everything about the upbringing of the kids to situations of your past trauma and how you deal with things. And, and when that comes out, this is the way you're going to behave and be patient with. And we've lost that. We're now women want to leave for any. I said, why? Be patient. Just wait. God could change his heart in a few days. But have you changed? And no, I can't change because that's her pain body. And we love to play that victim. So that's where I get people just to change and usually when they do the other science reciprocates to that because a yeah. lot of people now are just too scared to be vulnerable because we attack each other's vulnerabilities so that's what love is is when you see somebody's vulnerability and you protect it yeah yeah so that's amazing to talk about no that. of course and heartbreak no, too please do not get in relationships if you're in a state of lack where you're hiding behind your parents to go and talk to somebody, mm. because if that means they know that, and if they know that, then they're probably talking behind their parents to talk to you. And if they're yeah. willing to go behind their mom's back to speak to you, then one day they're going to go behind your back because nobody loves them more than their mother. So who do you think you are? Right. So just be very careful because when that heartbreak comes and that person used you and you didn't have your parents to go to for help because it was a secret. Yeah. suicide rates i deal with people who cut themselves drug use because that pain can last a very long time so very be difficult. very very careful of relationships they're the most dangerous thing you could do they yeah. turn the fortune 500 com companies to fortune 250 and but the satisfaction of your life is the satisfaction of your relationships so even the woman who say i'm not going to get married i'm going to focus on my career don't do that at 45, you could be a CEO, but you will be miserable if you don't have a family. Yeah. So be careful of that too. And just ask Allah. We know there are some mystic women that were attributed to the prophets or the imams that didn't get married because there was nobody there at their level. Right. Other than that, yeah. that's, not, that's your excuse. Okay. That means you're so pure that nobody could come close to you that's pure enough within your region. But if, other than that, you really don't have an excuse. What if there are no good guys out there? That's a limited mindset. All right. <laughs> Seven billion people on earth. Tell me there's not one guy in China or Morocco or <laughs> Afghanistan. 
Now, may, may not be one guy in your in your two or three blocks. Yeah. We, in in Lebanon, it used to be taboo if somebody yeah. married somebody from vintage bell married somebody uh -huh. then. Yeah. So look at the absurdity. And then they say there's no yeah. good guys, right? There's millions of good guys. Okay. But whenever you say there's no good guys, guess what? No good guys. You're going to attract bad no guys. No good guys. <laughs> because there's no good, you're going to attract bad guys. And you say, oh, see, they're all bad. I, I'm that changing that belief. But, it, but it's because you yeah. said, yeah. be careful. Your self talk yeah. is extremely, that's where you have to catch it. Because if that goes okay. into your subconscious, it gets tackled. So it's like I tell people, oh my God, that person is from, um, I can't marry them because they're from Florida and I'm from Michigan. Yeah. They're from Dearborn and I'm from Dearborn Heights. You say, huh? <laughs> Where is this in the Quran? So what if right now, sister, you know, I did this at the book club, at the Elevate program. Mm -hmm. I brought this good looking man up. Okay. This is a true okay. story. Okay. And I said, look, he's single. And he wants to, I said, how many of you would want to marry a guy before I brought him up? If, if you were single, and I said, only the married people you talk, because I don't want I don't want to make the single people feel bad. But if you were single and okay. you had somebody who was very good looking, who prayed on time and drove a Ferrari, would you be interested? They said, Yeah, I probably would have been very interested. Yeah. Okay. I said, okay. So then I brought him up. Good looking, drives a Ferrari. Okay. But he was black. I said, how many of you are still interested? I said, if you have an ounce of racism in your hearts, yeah. heaven is forbidden. What if God sends you a black guy tomorrow? What if God sends you a Chinese person tomorrow? The Prophet came and destroyed all these idols and all this yeah. jahiliyyah. We've brought it back. Yeah. Where if our parents, we want to marry a black guy, they would, they would almost die. Look yeah. at the racism within our cultures. Yet we preach to be the lovers of the prophet. And then we ask, why do we have so many mental issues within our, we're very confused. Yeah. So much to talk about. I know, I know. That was, that was um, a hard question to end on, but I just want to thank you so much, Brother Hussain, for your time today. I feel like this was just a free therapy session for me, honestly. <laughs> this was beautiful and amazing. And I truly hope people got the gems that I got from this discussion. Um, but before we go, where can people find your work if they would like to get in touch with you? I'm on YouTube. Um, there is the, uh, all the lectures. I don't, I've never publicized anything I do. It's always been okay. other people. And I always ask Allah, you bring, even the counseling, I don't publicize. So when mm -hmm. you ask Allah, you bring the people and it's, you know, we started with three people. Now we have a community of 700 from all over the world. So I don't even have my own website. I mean, I just use the school's website because I, you know, yeah. monitor. So I just created wiseacademy.org forward slash book club. Okay. So if you go there, you see all the lectures. We're doing a retreat March 17th, getting us ready for Ramadan's three days. And we've had phenomenal responses uh, on those retreats. And then um, and then you could also join in every Wednesday, 8 15 yes. p.m. I highly and recommend that. Thanks. And I'm, uh, I'm blown away even with the testimonials. You know, if somebody would have told me three, four years ago that this would have happened, I would have been like, wow. And I'm, I'm just very curious what's going to happen in the next three or four years. But the only sure. thing to stop that from growing is myself. I think it'll be the only thing I'm worried about. I just want to die a Muslim. 
I don't know. Prophet Yusuf says he wants to die a Muslim. And who are we to say we think we're going to die a Muslim? Inshallah, you will. Every day. Well, join us again next month. Thank you so much to our listeners for joining us on Sakoon, a Muslim wellness podcast by Nasimko. You can find our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or on our website, nasimko.org. To keep this vital work going, please consider donating under general fund. Your contributions could lend you a special shout out on our next show. Until next time, salam alaikum.